0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hi, Church. Welcome to Church Online. Or if you're listening on podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to be with you guys today. I haven't been here in front of you for a while. Um, I know, my goodness, what happened with Beniah last week. What a schmuzzle. Um Thank you for all of your messages, people checking in on not just him, but on me as well, asking how I am, how he is, how we're going. Um, I actually felt really bad because if you don't know me, I am not the most sympathetic person or empathetic person. I obviously am, but not a huge degree so i kind of am like yeah you're fine you're just being dramatic um i actually didn't realize how bad um benaya's toe was if you missed it last week please go back and check it out um on our website or on our youtube um channel go and have a look cuz benaya smashed his foot with a sledgehammer, Um, so I actually didn't realize how bad it was until I watched it, but he is healed, Um, it is better, he's walking around, he's helping out with Bear again, which is good, and Bear is amazing, our baby boy, he is, when you watch this, he'll be seven weeks old, which is crazy. Um, He's gooing and garring and smiling, and I think just those little bits of... And I mean, obviously, you know, they're a human, but those little bits of interaction kind of make it all a little bit worth it because, you know, for the first couple of weeks, it's just feeding and sleeping and you're not really getting a lot back. So the fact that I walked into his room the other morning and said, good morning, bear. And his face lit up and he smiled at me like he recognizes my voice now. And so that's really fun. So he's amazing. And hopefully with all these restrictions easing a little bit, you guys are going to get to meet him soon, which will be amazing. Um, But yeah, we're doing well, I'm doing well, Um, now obviously getting back into a little bit more of a routine and life and I think you get into like a little bit of a newborn bubble when you first have a baby but we're starting to get out of that now and kind of Easing into life, back into life, which has been amazing. So I'm glad that I can be here with you. And we are continuing on with um, our series, Dangerous Prayers. Um, So why don't I just pray for us? Because I'm actually speaking um, today on the Dangerous Prayer of God Send Revival. Um, so why don't you just close your eyes with me wherever you are, unless you're listening to me on podcast when you're driving, don't close your eyes. I always listening to, I always listen to the podcast in the car, so don't do that. Um, but let me pray for us um, and then we'll get started. So Father God, I thank you um, that you are the God of revival. And I thank you, God, that your heart is to see um, this city and this nation and this world come back to know your heart and come back to know who you are and to be connected with you as, um, as people, as their Father God. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, that wherever people are watching from or listening from, that they will just be blessed, that they will be stirred, that they will be touched. Father, I thank you that um, you're a God of seasons and you're a God of timing and that there's nothing that's out of your control or there's nothing that is um, surprising to you, but you are 100% in control of our season and of our situation, God, and you know where we're at. And so I thank you, God, that you want to send revival where we're at, God. I thank you that you want to come and revive us and bring us back to life and bring us back to the reality of your kingdom on earth. Um, So we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. So we're talking about dangerous prayers, God send revival. And I mean, I've been blessed, super blessed to grow up in a Christian home. Um, My mum and dad are incredible. So I've always kind of been in church. I've known the terminology of church. I've known kind of those Christianese Phrases. Um, so revival has been something that I have heard of before, and I think we see in different, you know, like over the time, different places there has been these God revivals that have kind of come and gone. And I know that um, even when I was growing up, the you know the Toronto revival was a huge one that was around during that when when I was growing up. And and I've heard of this term revival, but it's always been something that I've noticed that has been in a season. Um, and then it's ended. And I've kind of always been a little bit confused by that, um, just to be honest, because I think when I hear the word revival in my head, and this is what I'm talking about today, it's God coming and doing what God does. So that's things like healings, that's things like salvations, that's things like mending broken hearts, restoring families back together. Um, it's supernatural things like, you know, crazy provisions that we can't explain, you know, whether it's financial provisions or whether it's, you know, provision of. An answer in a season when you're asking God for something. Um, so that's my understanding of what revival is. It's really simply revival is just seeing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, it says that when we're talking about when we're praying the, you know, the Father's prayer that that's on earth as it is in heaven. So growing up, I was always really confused because I thought, well, God, if if that is revival, is if revival is just you meeting with your people? Why does it stop? Why does it come and go with seasons? Why is it something that the church is passionate about and focused on for a moment? And then they go back to doing just their weekly, you know, services and day in, day out type thing. And I wanna challenge us as a church. I mean, this isn't really what I'm pretty, like my specific word, but even just where you're you're at today, just to challenge your thought and your thinking about, What do you believe revival is? And what do you believe our life should look like as Christians? Because we can get into mundane, we can get into routine, even with all the situation that's been going on at the moment, you know. We can wake up and our days just feel like they roll into the next, and you know we might not be going to work or we might not be doing our normal routine of life, and so things can just get a little bit more routine and mundane. But to challenge your view of as a Christian, what has God called you to live in? What goes? What has God called the reality um, of your life to be? Whether that is you know this term of revival, um, challenge yourself of what does that look like and what does that mean? Because I believe that revival is not something that should come and go. Revival should actually be the state that we're constantly living in um, as an individual Christian, but also as a corporate church, as Celebration Church or as the church as a whole. That should be something that is our normal, that we are called to live in revival. We are called to be living in a state that is constantly heaven on earth. Um, But this is dangerous because... Let me tell you, I've got some points here. Why is this a dangerous prayer for us? Number one, revival is messy. Revival is not this clean, cookie-cut, picture-perfect. Revival is messy. So when we pray and when we're talking about God send your kingdom, send your kingdom on earth, number one is that, do you know what? It's going to get a little messy, we're gonna to have to get our hands dirty. And I'm gonna use bear as an example because it's my most recent, I guess, thing that God's teaching me. You know, when people think about having a baby and the beautifulness of, you know, bringing of life into this world and getting to know your child, it is all of that, yeah. But it's also vomit. <laughs> It's also stinky pooey nappies, which Benaya has been changing. Um, He has been gagging as he's been changing them, but he's still changing them. (laughs) But it's messy. Bear is beautiful. We love him. You know, he's the most cutest little bundle of joy. But there's also mess attached to that beauty. As a parent and as someone who is looking after him, I'm not going to say, okay, well, Bear, I'll take your smiles and your goos and your gars, but I'm not going to take the pooing nappies and the the vomit and, <laughs> and the spitting up because it comes with it. And I think when we're talking about revival and we're asking God to come and move and see him come and shake our city and encounter people like never before, it's going to get messy because it's dealing with hearts and it's dealing with people. And people have, things that have gone on in their life. They have hurts. They have broken dreams. They have disappointments. And to know that it's not just going to be this cookie cutter of God's going to come and fix everybody in an instant. No, God will do that. He will come and he will meet people where they're at. But us as the church, we actually have to get our hands dirty in helping people and in loving people and in helping ministering, put people back together. Let me read you this verse in Acts 2 Verse 1 to 4 It says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing among, among themselves, and they rested on each each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you would have heard this scripture. But this is when, obviously, the Holy Spirit came and met, you know, the people in the upper room. And this account is not, I guess, by the book. It's not nice and clean and easygoing. It is messy. The Holy Spirit shows up and it shows up with a sound of violent rushing wind, he shows up with a sound of violent rushing wind, tons of fire come on their head, which is a little bit confusing. And then they start speaking in other tongues. That would have been a little bit messy to anyone who would have saw that. It's not this nice, in the quiet room, and it's like, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm a bit emotional. Like, it was wild. It was crazy. It was <laughs> unusual. Um. And I love that this is the account that we have that, you know, when revival comes and we pray for God to move, he's going to do things that are going to get us out of our comfort zone. And even in that, you know, when we talk about the Toronto revival and things like that, it was people laughing hysterically. It was messy. It was not, you know, nice and comfortable and easy to see. Revival is dealing with the heart, like I said, dealing with people, um, but there's a beauty in that mess. There's a beauty in the mess because it's people coming back to the Father heart of God. So number one, why is praying for revival a little bit dangerous? Because it's going to be a little bit messy, church. It's going to be a little bit maybe unusual and maybe we have to get our hands dirty. Maybe after we have to, you know, clean up some people's vomit and put people back together in the best possible way with encountering the Father. The next one. Number two, why is revival, saying God sent revival, a little bit dangerous, is because it actually draws out the critics. And this is a bit of an unusual one, but I think if you're looking back on history and you're looking back on moves of God and what God did, there is always opposition to a move of God. There is always somebody who says, this is not of God, this is crazy, this is ridiculous. And I think we have to be prepared that as Celebration Church, if we're praying for God to send revival, there are going to be people that are not always going to agree with us. There are, is, is going to be a little bit of opposition. It is going to draw out some critics that says, you know, well, this is crazy. This is God can't use this and things like that. And I'm not saying that to... Be negative, or I'm not saying that to prepare your hearts, you know, for the worst type thing. Um, But it's reality because even if we look, I want to look at this verse about Jesus, and it says in Luke 11, verse 53 to 54, when he left there, this is Jesus. The scribes and the Pharisees began to be very hostile and to question him closely on many subjects, plotting against him to catch him in something that he might say. So. Jesus is the most perfect example of revival. He's the most perfect example of seeing, you know, God's kingdom manifest on the earth. And so if we're looking at, when we ask God to send revival, Jesus was perfect. He was the perfect Christian. He was the perfect man. He didn't step out of place once. He was in tune with his father. He was in tune with the will of God. And yet even in his perfection, he still had people. He still had the scribes and the Pharisees that were against him, that were opposing him, that would criticise him, that would question him. And if Jesus is a perfect example for us, we have to be prepared for that, church. We have to be prepared that if we're saying God send revival, that we are going to get some critics, we are going to get some opposition, but that's okay because that doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All it should do is make your conviction stronger and make your belief stronger in what God wants to do. I love this. It's a quote from Paul Cain and it says, God will offend your mind to reveal where your heart is. So God will offend your mind to reveal your heart. And I think sometimes we want to work things out with our mind. We want to work things out logically. We want to work things out in terms of what we think it should look like. If revival comes and like the first point I said, it's a little bit messy. If revival comes and it's a bit out of the ordinary, if revival comes and, you know, we're getting this overflow of people, amen. That would be amazing in Jesus' name. And it just looks a little bit like what we hadn't necessarily planned. If we get offended at that and we if we get challenged by that and we think, God, this isn't what I had in my mind, then you start to become a critic, but then that just reveals where your heart is at. And I love that quote, that God offends your mind to reveal what's in your heart. Let's be people that are so open to what God wants to do, that we are so open to the move of the Holy Spirit, that we don't quickly criticise, but we quickly go, "Okay, God, I'm open to what you want to do, and I'm open to see what you have for us and what your revival looks like in this season." Because revival never comes with our mind. Your mind will never lead you into revival. It is always a spirit thing. It's always this abandoning of your heart to say, God, my hands are open and I'm all in. And that's my next point. Why is revival a dangerous prayer? Because it costs you. So the first point was revival is messy. Revival draws critics. And the next point is revival is going to cost. So it's a dangerous prayer because when we say godsend revival sometimes it's like oh is it actually what we want because it's going to cost you and I think about I know this is maybe such a silly example but when I married Benaiah when he asked me to be his wife and he said, Charlie, it was such a beautiful moment. He learnt Italian for me. If you've never heard that story, get him to tell you that one day. But he took, it was such a surprise. He had worked it all out. He took me to a show. He took me to dinner in Sydney. Um, He bought me beautiful Tiffany and Co. jewellery. It was beautiful. Um, And he actually learnt a phrase in Italian for me. And when he got down on Bended Knee, Darling Harbour, or uh, Circular keys," or at the front of the opera house, the front of the Harbour Bridge. And he said, will you marry me? I didn't say, yeah, but I'll marry you on Saturday and Sunday. And that will be, and then on the weekdays, I will just be unmarried. Is that okay with you? Like, can we work out this? Like when he asked me to be his wife, it was 100% 100% yes, I am all in. I am all in with all of my heart. It's not like I'm just gonna be married to you on the weekends and then through the week I'm gonna be out with every other guy. Like, that's not how marriage works. <laughs> That'd be really strange <laughs> if your marriage is like that. It's not real, no, joking, <laughs> no, just joking. But seriously, when you say yes with your heart and when you say yes with, you know, I'm all in getting married to you, it cost me it cost me giving up my single life it cost me you know living at home with my parents it cost me wanting to do my own thing and having my own you know desires and obviously i still have my own desires but my own plan for my life. It costs me because it means that I become one with someone. It means that my my heart belongs to this incredible man and and I'm his wife. I am he, under his covering. I'm under his, you know, spiritual protection and all of that. And so it does. It, there is a cost to it, but it's a beautiful cost. And so I think when we're thinking about God's send revival, I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit is gracious to us because it's almost like, do you know what you're praying for? Do you really know what you're asking me for? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you to say, I'm all in. It's not just a weekend job. It's not just, okay, well, we'll do it on Saturday and Sunday, or maybe not even Saturday. Okay, well, we'll just do it on Sunday. Um, And then for the rest of the week, we'll just live our life the way that we want. It doesn't work like that with God. If we're asking God to send revival, it's going to cost us. And it's going to cost us saying, do you know what, God, I am all in. I am all in no matter what it costs me, no matter how much time, how much energy, how much effort, how much sacrifice I have to make. It is worth it to see your kingdom come and I'm all in. I am 100% all in. And I love this verse. Well, it's a challenging verse, but I love it. In Luke 14, verse 26 and 27, this is Jesus. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple and that's not saying jesus is not saying you have to fully hate your family to you know follow him it, i know it's it's that's how it's worded but it's more in terms of talking about our love for him must exceed above and beyond even our family members, that it's almost like we hate them compared to how much we love God. And it's not saying that we don't love our family. It's just saying that our heart towards God is so sold out that even when he says, you know, that you would take up your cross and follow me, you would deny your comfortable life. You would deny your easy life. You would deny, you know, what you want to do for the sake of saying, God, I am all in. And you know what, church, some of you might be sitting there going, oh my gosh, I can't do that. Like that is, that sounds hard. That sounds like I don't want to give up my life. I don't want to hate my family. Do you know what? God's not asking you to do that. He's saying that when you abandon yourself to him, when you surrender yourself to him and you say, I am all in, that his will and his ways are so far better, so far fuller, so far beyond what we could ever hope, dream or imagine, that it's not that you're missing out. Because I think sometimes people think that being a Christian costs you and that you miss out on your old life. But it's not about that. It's about you gaining so much more in the kingdom and about gaining so much more fulfillment and to see revival, to be a part of a move of God, where you're actually seeing him move and change people's lives is so far better than what you ever would if you were just working, you know, a nine to five job doing your own thing. To be a part of revival, yes, it's gonna cost you, but you're gonna gain so much more than what it's ever gonna cost. And just making sure that you got that point though, it's no, I'm not saying hate your family, not at all. We love our families 100%, but what Jesus is saying is the degree that you love me has to be so much far beyond And it is. I think about my own life, even at the moment, even in this situation of being a new mum and, you know, being in isolation and all the virus stuff and things like that. My heart towards God has been drawn in such a unique way to Him, where it's like I actually feel like in this season that everything else falls short. Everything else that I was doing, all my other priorities, everything that I had involved my days with, feels so short in comparison to encountering him and to sitting with him in worship that I'm like, God, there is nothing better and there is nothing greater. I am 100% all in with what you want to do because what I was doing before just feels so far short of what you have for us, if that makes sense. I don't know. So... Revival is a dangerous prayer because it's going to cost. And then this is the last point, number four. Why is God sending revival a little bit dangerous? Oh, and I love this. And it goes off what I was just saying. It's because revival will wreck you for anything else. You will get undone in the best possible way when you encounter God. Oh, it gets me emotional <laughs> because we talk about God send revival, God come and move. But do you know, church, that when he does, oh, it's the most beautiful thing and it's the most unexplainable feeling when you encounter God for yourself, when you have that personal revival yourself. Like I said, you just get so undone that it wrecks you, that it's like, God, we've I prayed this prayer. I prayed this prayer for you to send revival. And now that you have Now that I've encountered you, I'm wrecked for anything else. There is nothing else that can compare. And that's when it's just a personal revival. But my gosh, when you see it happening to other people, when you see the broken and the lost and the hurting, encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and get loved like they never have before, get healed like they never have before, get whole, get restored, get put back together You will be undone and it will wreck you and nothing else will satisfy you. Nothing else will feel like it matters because you've encountered this moment of kingdom. And you're like, oh, that's what we were born for church. We were actually born for revival. We were born for not just a fleeting moment of something that happens and then is gone, This revival is supposed to be every single day of your life and of our life as a church, encountering heaven, encountering it. And this verse, oh, it's so beautiful. Let me read it to you. It's in Jeremiah 20 verse 9. But if I say, and this is when Jeremiah was, you know, he's talking to God and he's getting a little bit frustrated at God. And if you read the verses before, he's kind of sharing his frustration at God but even in the midst of his frustration this is what he says he says but if I say I will not remember him talking about God or speak any more of his name because he's frustrated then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I'm weary of holding it in and I cannot endure it in other words he says even if i tried to not talk about my god anymore even if even in all of my frustration if i if i attempted to not talk about his name it would become like this fire in his bones and his heart would be weary of shutting it in weary of holding it in because it is so overwhelming and it's so immense that he can't he can't handle it he can't endure it he can't keep it shut up forever Because that encounter with God has wrecked him for anything else. My gosh, church, if we say, God, send revival, it will wreck us and it will undo us and it will unravel us and it will mess us up in the best possible way that we are going to be wrecked for anything else. And that is dangerous because are you ready for that? Are you ready for that encounter where you say, God, we want to see the sick healed. We want to see the lost found. We want to see salvations. We want to see supernatural miracles. We want to see limbs grow back. We want to see the dead rise. We want to see these crazy diseases that people have said they can never be cured, healed in a moment. If we desire that if we crave that if we ask God for that you know that when we see it when we start to encounter it it will be like the best drug (laughs) that we won't be able to have anything else church normal church normal services normal day in day outs will become so boring to us because we have tasted and we have seen the goodness of God and we'll just go my gosh I can't go back to normal anymore. I can't go back to average. I can't go back to just complacent and just routine because that's great and God can be in that, but my gosh, when he shows up and when he shows up with such fire and when he shows up with such incredible tenacity for his people, that's gonna wreck me. That's gonna wreck me for absolutely anything else and that's why it's dangerous because if we're praying God send revival, you taste it and you'll be wrecked. <laughs> I can already feel it. It's so good. I love it. But I love that even in all of this, this is just in finishing. Do you know how much God wants to answer that prayer? When we say God send revival, yes, number one, it'll be messy. Yes, there'll be work to do. Yes, there'll be maybe things that will happen in the encounters with God that will be a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit out of our comfort zone. Yes, it might draw the critics, it might draw the opposition, it might draw people that will say, you know, well, this isn't of God, or it might just draw a little bit of, you know, opposition in in wherever. It is going to cost us. It is going to cost us saying, God, we're all in. It's not just a Sunday thing, but it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday thing. It is a whole life thing. It is a whole life that we're going to give to this. And yes, it might wreck you for anything else once you've tasted the goodness. So do you know how much God wants to answer that prayer, church? Because it's who he is. That's the theme with God, is revival is not this big, scary, out there word. Revival is just him. Revival is just his nature, it's his character, it's what he does. You can't have God without revival and you can't have revival without God because when he shows up, there's healing. When he shows up, there's salvation. When he shows up, there's restoration. When he shows up, there's supernatural. So it's not this once in a lifetime thing that's a fleeting moment. That's why I believe it should be a lifestyle. That's why I believe it should be what our church is living in all the time is this this revival season because it's just God. It's just kingdom. And I just want to read to you this as well. Just in finishing, we might pray for the oak tree. This is a quote by Bill Johnson. We might pray for the oak tree, but God will give you the acorn. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. We must steward what God gives us to see it grow. So for us, church, when we're saying God send revival, God send revival, God send revival, we're praying, we might be praying for this oak tree of what we think it might look like. But God's saying, I gave you an acorn. And out of the acorn, there's multitudes of of oak trees. There's hundreds of other acorns that is in that one acorn. And so don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise the season that you're in. Yes, it might not be exactly what you have in your mind of what revival looks like, but steward what God has given you well, and we'll see it grow. We have to start somewhere, church. We have to start with where we're at. And even you know, in this season, even with you guys at home, with your families, maybe you're at home with housemates, whatever it is, you know, is, don't think we have to wait until we get back to being all together corporately at church to see revival. No way. Revival can start where you are. Revival can start with your acorn, with your family, with your acorn, with your husband, with your wife, with your friends. Doesn't have to be the oak tree of the big church. So don't think that, you know, where we're at, we have to stop and wait and, you know, wait till we're all back together. No way. God is in your season now and He is revival now. He doesn't wait. He doesn't wait for us to, you know, be together corporately. Who He is doesn't change, We've, whether we're by ourselves or whether we're with thousands of other people. So that's really encouraging and I think that's encouraging as well is sometimes we think that it has to look like something but God's already given it to us in Jesus' name. So I hope that encourages you. Let me pray for you um, before we go just to encourage you to stir revival in Jesus' name. So Father God, I thank you so much for who you are and I thank you that you are revival and God I thank you and I pray that where we're at God that you encourage us to pray that prayer God send revival God that we know it might be messy that we know that there might draw critics that we know that it might you know cost us something and that it will wreck us for anything else but that, God, that you will come and send your revival, that we would come and be your revival, that we would be your hands and your feet, that we would see the lost saved, that we would see the broken healed, that we would see such supernatural increase in people's finances, in people's relationships, God, that it would be so overwhelming what you're doing in our season, that we would just be stand in awe and be amazed at what you are doing, God. But we ask that we just be hungry, I pray that you stir our hunger where we're at right now, whether we're watching or we're listening, God, that you would start to stir the hunger of revival in us, stir the hunger of you in us, God, that we would just desire your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love you church, I pray that you are blessed and get excited for what God has for us because revival is coming in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.